Yeah. We're doing this. Are we recording? We're recording. Oh my God. Okay, so we're setting the tone, okay? Okay. This is April 23rd, 2020. And Ben and I have been talking about doing a podcast since 2001. I, I mean, it's been like fucking a decade. Okay, I'm exaggerating. That's two decades for, for mathematical purposes. Yeah, it's like dog ears about talking about doing a podcast, and it only took a global pandemic for us to actually get our shit together. So, uh, why are we so excited about this? You think anyone's actually going to care, or is it just no, absolutely not? No one cares. Awesome. No so, for us to essentially drink and go. Yeah, deep. pretty much. Pretty much, and now we have a special guest. Oh my god! Uh, what, which is. What? We're not worthy of his presence. Okay, but let's also be honest. Like, I've been trying to catch up with Rudy for like a year now. So again, perfect, perfect example of a global pandemic bringing people together. God. Well, not really the pandemic. It's just, it's the podcast. Let's give ourselves some credit. No, dude, I think Corona. We got we to gotta cheers it to Corona. But. Speaking of which, right, we made it sort of a cornerstone of this that, that we drink. Is that kind of part of this? Yes. In fact, here we go. Uh, shameless plug. So, okay. so Esther has, I don't even know if we're going we're gonna to do the uh, video of this. It's just going to be audio. But Esther is flashing a matte black bottle of Casamigos Mezcal. I've got a... Um, a bottle of Mezcal Amaras, courtesy of another Miami legend, uh, Anna Robbins. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, shameless plug. Hopefully we'll have an endorsement. JK, JK. So I'm uh, Um, I'm pouring my first uh, Mezcal here. So what's up, Ben? How's life? Oh, man. You know, uh, where to start? Is by the way, is that a um, is that like a a a, a mate cup or a shima shimahau cup? Um, yes, whatever you just said. Okay. Yes. Right. Mm. From uh, TJ Maxx. Perfect. Yeah. I didn't know that they were so uh, ethnic. Yeah, it was in the uh, global clearance section. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a little fucked up by this uh, this Corona thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's. I feel like it's so funny. It's like one of those things where everyone's like, "How you doing?" And you're like, "Awesome, grateful." And like you, you, if you have any negative feelings, people are just like, "What's wrong with you?" You know. Yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, there's you know, productivity porn going around. Yes. Like, and it, but there's also a lot of enlightenment porn. <laughs> Wait, so that is like two words that should not be together, but please explain. Okay, so productivity porn is like when everyone's just showing you how much they're getting done because you know they're ostensibly trying to make this whole crisis look like you know something good or positive, but really what right. they're just trying to do is 
show off kind of how much they're getting done and how disciplined they are and, and so forth. So that's part kind of, of like, Kind of like us, how we're doing a podcast. Yeah, but we're, we're drinking, just talking shit. So that's not really Okay, okay. But we, we, are, we are actually producing content. Yeah, well, yeah. Gener if you're going to be generous with, with the word content, yeah. And then there's enlightenment porn, which is like everyone sharing just how deep they're going. Mm. Probably use that word in connection with porn, but uh, how deep they're going. <laughs> like, sorry, I have to go. That's just bad funny. But you've seen them. You've seen that shit. Um, like the fucking guy, the poet that you bought. I bought oh. the book for you. Oh, oh okay. my God. What's his name? Uh, not Ang Lee. No, that's the director. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Even though that sounds like a very enlightening uh, author name, Ang Lee. Um, I'm just throwing out Asian names. What's this guy's name? Pa Paolo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, oh. What is it? No, Pablo it's not. Pablo Yuen. Pablo Yuen. Oh, Youngin. Youngin. It was like a playoff of the fucking Carl Jung. Was it Jung? Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a riot. Is he still around? He must be producing serious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up, pull up a couple of his. Yeah, let's, let's pull some up. Let's try, you know, sayings here. I'm sure our uh, listener of three would appreciate this. Shout out to Max Pierre. We're yeah. going to force him to listen to this. Oh, Max. We love you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so tell me this. Um, well, okay, we've, we've talked about productivity porn. We've talked about enlightenment porn. What is the... What is the most inspiring thing that has happened to you over the last five weeks? Well, me getting Corona. Tell us about that. It was crazy, dude. So like, you know, it was like really early on the onset, you know? So I just got back from Aspen and we we're all kind of like joking about like, oh, this is, like we're gonna get on a plane and get infected. And you know, people weren't as crazy. You know, this was like, maybe some people were wearing masks. And um, I remember like sitting at the airport bar in Denver and like we're having this last drink with a couple of our friends and we're just like, watch us like land in Miami and like, it's just the apocalypse. And, um, and it happened, like we got back to Miami and it was like, okay, we're going into lockdown. And we're just like, what the fuck is going on? And then within 24 hours, I was feeling totally fine, checking emails, working, we're working from home. And then I started getting like a head cold. And I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, and all the symptoms that they were saying, it's like a dry cough, like you have like trouble breathing, chest pains. I had none of those symptoms. It was just like, it's, it just seemed like it was like a normal cold. So my nose was stuffy, you know, I was coughing, but it wasn't dry. And then I had a, like a ton of like a big headache. Okay. So I was like, I'm fine. I don't have, you know, I don't have Corona. Next day, totally all of those symptoms were gone. And I had a new set of symptoms, but the crazy stuff was I wasn't congested, but I completely lost all smell and taste. Yeah, that seems to be the big one. 
that it's and it's like the more I do the research they're saying that's kind of like if you have mild COVID the sign of like smell and taste is like uh you know very reoccurring and apparent so you want that in other words because that means yeah okay so it's almost like yeah so it's almost like the virus is only contained above your like above your chest so it's like head only and then um totally not congested but had the crazy like the craziest sinus pressure i've ever had in my life literally it was like right here like just like these giant pulsing like it was like something was like like an alien was inside my brain and i was like what the fuck is this again no coughing no nothing it was just like just immense amount of pressure the next day totally new symptoms like i was super lethargic i like went to the bathroom and i almost like passed out like it was crazy and i was just like what the fuck is going i called teledoc i was like dude i have like weird symptoms they're like i don't know it doesn't seem like you fit the criteria i don't think you can get tested but if you have chest pains call 911 so i was like okay that's thanks right that, like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah thank you um so then day four i i literally had to what's up my mom who is like a like a saint in Cambodia. I don't know how she got Wi-Fi. And I was like, I think I got Corona. She immediately called me and she like did some weird like Jesus freak seance. Wait, 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 wait. You gotta get in <laughs> Because it was like I was really scared. I was like, wait a minute, like this is not right. Like this is not the cold. Wait, tell not- tell me about the Cambodian Jesus seance. Oh no. <laughs> So my mom's in Cambodia, like, cause she's a missionary and she's like in the middle of like nowhere, Cambodia. And she has weird telepathic like communications. She like finds Wi-Fi when she needs me. So I WhatsApp her and she immediately like, you know, answers like what's wrong. And of course her reasoning for why I got the virus was this was my way to return to God. Classic mom. And was it? Well, yeah, I had had a whole fucking moment where I was just like, "Okay, God." Oh wait, boy, in fairness, in fairness, though, you've been you've been on a very kind of deep spiritual kind of kick lately, like as evidenced by our uh, our intense discussion that night at Tutu Taco regarding our uh, uh, what's his name's book. Oh, the book. Yes, the perfect oh, false book. Perfect, which yeah. also, which also Fiona, Fiona Apple also had a very similar experience, mind you. Um, okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So I'm just like, okay, okay. So then she did just like long ass prayer, like thank God for Wi-Fi, because if it was like back in the 90s, it would cost like $300 for a long distance phone call. So this crazy prayer. And I just like laid in my bed and I was like, okay, Whatever virus is in my body, this shit is fucking crazy. I was so impressed. Like the first word that comes to mind was humbling. Super humbling. I was just like, this is the craziest virus I've ever experienced. And then the second feeling I felt was like, wow, like I feel really blessed like to be able to experience this and be fully conscious of like what is happening in also like my placement in the greater scheme. 
So it was like a transcendental connection with maybe nature or whatever, even though it was like my body running, running havoc. Crazy. And then, and then the third was like, I surrendered. I was just like, dude, whatever you want to do, man. But the, the, but I literally was like, I respect you virus. (laughs) I just like sat there and I was like, I respect you, dude. I love you. Thank you for coming into my body. This is such a great experience. Da, 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 da. And then I slept for two days. And then the next day I felt back. I was like done. I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh, well, good. What was so it? You, it was it. So it was like have, an exorcism. Well, but, but let me ask this. Like, so like whenever those profound experiences happen in life, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's uh, going on, you know, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's reading George Leonard's Silent Pulse, or whether it's getting afflicted with, you know, a, COVID. a virus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you able to hold on to those things or do they then start, they just kind of diminish right. on a half-life basis into like nothingness? Um, from my personal experience, it's fucking work, dude. It's like working out. You have to constantly remind yourself every day that you had this experience and like conjure up these emotions like meditation, you know, like I've been like meditating every morning. And so, oh, shit. Oh, early, early arrival. No, it's 530. 531. Oh, 45. Yo. No, it's a, yeah. yo, bro. Bro, where's your video? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I just got in. I just got in. I just got Dude, in. Are you so naked? Excited. No idea. I am. Are you naked? Don't be naked. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Wait, do you see us? Yeah, I see you. I don't see oh, you. fuck. Yeah, I see y'all. Yo, that's fucked up. You're trying to like be all like sneaky. <laughs> nah, not even. Just give me like two minutes. I'm talking about my transcendental COVID 19 experience, Rudy. Okay, is that what we're starting with? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, dude. We forgot to tell you that this podcast is is like a right wing Christian <laughs> podcast. I wanted to start with Flipside Kings, but she went a little deeper. <laughs> no. Anyways, anyways, I to answer your question, Ben, it's work. Like you got to put in the work, man. Yeah. You know, it's annoying, but at the same time, it's like building a habit, and the more you do it it just comes naturally. Like, you're just like, oh, of course. Like, I am nothing and I am everything. And, yeah. oh! Look at that, dude. You are naked. No, What are you talking about, gardening? Yes. What up, Rudy? What's up? Oh, man, good to see you. How are you guys, man? What is, what did, what, are you, did you take a shower? Yeah. Is For that- the podcast? It's that time of the week. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, right, Thursday. Uh, I just got back from I just got back from running. Oh shit, me too, dude. High five. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I feel is like this your calendar? <laughs> you're like you're like five twenty five. Get in shower for dramatic post shower entrance to podcast. No, I, I actually thought it was like I, I, I thought I was gonna have more time, but I didn't. No way, bro. Rudy's on like Ivy League time. Like this dude left Miami 
where he used to be like 35 minutes late to shit. And then now he's like Ivy League Yale. He's like, yo, I'm on time. Hey, we need, we need, we need to start what? by breaking down the legend that is Rudy. We got to like Wait, set okay. the table. Okay, but you, <laughs> you cut your hair? Oh my God, where have you been, dude? Yes. I've been in school. <laughs> Wait, how are you in school? You're in lockdown. You can't be in class. No, but I mean, I've been in, I've been here. I mean, quarantine life is not too different from like my regular life. <laughs> okay, like, time out. Also, like, I know that this is like supposed to be audio, but you have, your crib is way big. Yeah. Like you've been. My crib is, like, this, no, it's just a one bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah. Life. But I wasn't going to like live with nobody, you know, with anybody, you know? Oh, but that, it seems pretty big, dude. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a house. I mean, an apartment, you know? Okay. But, um, I mean, yeah, I would say it was, it's bigger than, I don't know. Some people don't live, some, a lot of people have roommates. Right. Like, I'm, I'm going to be 30. But you're like, <laughs> Yale drama. <laughs> In like a week and a half. I was like, I'm not living with anybody. I have a dog. Also, I have like a, a life, you know, I have like things. You're like, like I have a, I have a 25 year old son. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, like it's funny, like when the whole COVID thing happened, the president like of Yale sent out like an email to everybody and was like, you know, go home, go home, like go. I was like, go home, where? Go, <laughs> home. go to your mom's. Go you know, back like, to your parents. Yeah, like and so there were like parents like coming to pick people up their 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 kids here, you know, like all kinds of like U-Haul trucks and cars, and you know, and I'm just like. You know, like, when are you leaving? I was like, leaving? I, I live here. I moved here to go to school. You know, uh, like, is home, you know? Um, um, how, how is it? Have we started? Have we started? Yeah, we like, we, we start, we do, we do a little kickoff. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Great. But, but yeah, we were just talking about my um, enlightenment during COVID-19. <laughs> Well, like for real, we're like, you had COVID. Yeah, like for real, I had fucking the Rona. And? And that's why I cut my hair. <laughs> I was like, liberation, <laughs> chop it off. Chop off my hair. Yeah. We, so. we were also talking about how people are representing themselves like during this time, like, you know, sort of, we're talking about productivity porn and enlightenment porn, right? Like, yeah. and how... how ben that's... just like to say the word porn. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, you know, it's like, uh, it's a riff of food porn, right? It's like, you know, people just completely self-indulgently representing themselves in ways that, other than that, like, post complete, like, doesn't actually represent their life in any meaningful way. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, yeah. You know, being obviously being here at, at the school for theater and for art and, you know, and making work, we got like, I mean, if I could count the emails that I've gotten about like, this is the time, this is the time to create genius and, and remember Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the, the plague. And I'm like, yeah, 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 all that. Calm the fuck down. There's a fucking pandemic going on. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's not the time to do that. Maybe yeah. it's the time to like sleep and eat and rest 
wank and smoke a joint. And yeah, and like sit in my garden and talk to my dog and like listen to me. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's the time to just actually like sit with yourself or with your lovers or member, family members or friends or, you know, like I just like this whole like capitalist idea of like the work must go on. Like the, this idea of like pumping out work, you know, and like content. I, I feel like Rudy though, I feel like right now you're spinning if it off into like a subset of enlightenment. Porn. It's a, it's a little bit of enlightenment, but like, it's just, you know, I, I did have a moment where I was like, what the fuck is it about everybody? Like everyone's just like, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do that. And I can't wait to do this. And I was just like, what like what how, like how much do you not like yourself that you can't be with exactly <laughs> do you know what i mean like how like boring are you that like you're just like you know like that you're just like i can't be home and i need to be at the bar and i need to be at the movies and i need to be at the restaurant and i need to be at the you know what i mean and so it's just like you know for me i i, I do i do think about like maybe maybe if you need that maybe you want might want to hold off for a little bit to see why you why you need that so much and then, yeah. Just, yeah, and then just be like fuck what do i want what do i need you know and yeah so that i am i am going a little bit to this like this like alignment thing but you know i am a buddhist and i i live in that and I, I live in that world uh uh pre-rona you know so um so those things are going to come up um during 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 this this time you know i mean yeah yeah. The one of the quotes though that struck me was this Ram Das quote when I was fucking with the Rona and this idea when I was like lying down and just was like I'm gonna fucking surrender was this idea that you know there's it, there's nothing wrong with the situation a situation is neither good nor bad it is what it is it's your resistance to the situation is what's causing the suffering yeah so that when I read that I was just like fuck because there was a moment where I was like, what do I do? Like, I'm scared. Like, do I go to the hospital? Like, what do I, like, what do I take? You know? And then I was like, wait a minute, time out. Like, maybe I just need to chill yeah. and just fucking like, let it happen. Yeah. Which it did. And that's, I think that was, I truly believe that's why my recovery was so quick. Yeah because it took literally two days of me sleeping. And then the next, like I woke up on Monday and I was like, I'm gonna go for a walk. Yeah. Like it was just like totally like transformative in that way because I just let it, let it be, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I feel like what's weird about this whole thing too though is that you, you know, it's a Rorschach, right? This whole virus. Cause like you can have these sort of like, I don't know, sort of quasi enlightening experiences from them you can have it and not know it, or you can freaking die, right? Like, so one of, the, one of the things, you know, my uncle died 10 days ago of the virus. And so one of the interesting things for me was kind of to see what that meant, right? Like in the context of, you know, life and death and cycle of life and all that. And to try to process something, you know, he was unwell by all conventional means, uh, means of the word, but he, this probably accelerated, you know, this accelerated obviously what was probably inevitable anyway. And then just to see, to see that like, and going to a funeral with five people, but having 300 people in eight countries watch the funeral on Zoom, like 
there's some like paradigm, paradigm shifting stuff going on right now, just in terms of how, you know, our rituals, like our life rituals and how we observe and commemorate life cycles. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, before I went for a run, I had a conversation with, with, um, with a good friend who also had somebody pass away like this weekend. And I just, I, and you know, those thoughts always like, I, it keeps coming up that I'm like, oh, being in a hospital, like a lot of these people being in a hospital pass like, and no one's like able to go to the hospital. So I'm just like this, yeah, just thinking the same thing. Like, how do you, like, no one's able to mourn these people or, or like, or like, like exactly what you said, like, what is the ritual? How do we, how do we go about this now? You know what I mean? So, so there's an anecdote, man, which is like, cause what you said, like your assumption is that, that, that for some, that, that would like truncate mourning or that would affect mourning. But actually in speaking to my cousin who lives in New York, it was her father who died. And for her, she was like, I couldn't make it to the funeral because I would have been there for two weeks and I've got kids and I've got, you know, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got to take care of other things. She's like, before the funeral started, there was like, a couple hundred people interacting with each other on Zoom, telling amazing stories yeah. about my uncle, reconnecting like cousins who hadn't maybe seen each other for 20, 30 years. So like, yeah, certain traditions, rituals die, but others also arise. So yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, like, I was gonna piggyback on Esther, like you're, you're talking about, you were like, oh, like this idea of surrendering you know, you're, or, or the question like, what do I do? Like comes up when you're not only, not only sick, but what do I do now? What do I do for money? What do I do for, what do I do for work? What do I do to keep calm? What do I do, you know, like, like I think a lot of people are asking that question. And so I think if, I think it's like, for me, I'm like, what can you do? You know, like forget about like, what you can't do. Like what, what can you do? What are like, just things you can do, like make a list of things you can do. Like, and so you're like, oh, I can get on Zoom with like 50 cousins. I can, I can meditate, I can run, I can work out, I can read, I can write, I can, I can start planting stuff in my garden, which I've always wanted, you know, like just like, what are the things that we are, that you are able to do? Mm -hmm. Or even like health-wise, you know, like there's been times where I've been like really sick and I'm just like, oh, I don't have the money to go to a doctor. What can I do and, until I do have that money to go to the doctor? And I, I could yeah. well, I could, you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, I think. But, people, no, but I was just going to say, I think it takes a, a higher level of consciousness on, on that level for people to even be able to ask those type of questions. Like, what can I do? Because the, you know, normally 99.9% .9 of this population really doesn't understand nor come to grips with you know the maslow's hierarchy of fucking you know existence like everyone's at the bottom of the pyramid of like fuck i'm hungry yeah i can't pay rent like yeah. the stress and anxiety so for you to be like what can i do nothing i can look at the news and freak out because they haven't reached the level of I don't want to say awakening is a little bit or the wokeness of it is a little bit too much, but you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's a little bit too like, yeah, like it's hard, man. Like you talk to an average person that's bagging groceries at Publix 
they're not thinking like on some higher transcendental like surrender level they're just like fuck like i got my rents too can i challenge you on that why like why why not why wouldn't they be because again they're constantly at the bottom of the pyramid of just survival you know what i'm saying like it's like it's it's we come from a very like it's you know my mom always says it's by the grace of god people change you know and like it you just kind of have to wonder like what makes somebody i don't know like be able to think beyond the box of what was created you know this kind of like taxes and death and bills and capitalism and you know shit like that like yeah. that's 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 real man that's 90 percent of the world is dealing that's with too. that's not just like so i think that it's all relative right like unless you really really are fighting like what you know again going back to maslow's hierarchy of needs or whatever right like we are all most of us have the ability to eat most of us have, the, have a, a roof over our head and then it just becomes like a relative you know exercise of how much more we're looking for beyond those basic needs, right? So I'm wondering if, because those very people that are like on the bottom of what's called the socioeconomic ladder, in some ways they're actually having to process these questions on on an even deeper level, because they're the ones that are actually in our service economy that are frontline exposed issues, right? Yeah. I hear you too, Esther. Like, you know, I, even like, even with, in some of my family, you know, where they're just like, what, what the fuck am I going to, like, what the fuck can I do? Fact, <laughs> totally. And so, um, but I do want to say that, you know, I've, I've, I've been that dude bagging groceries and I've been that, the waiter and I've been the, and I've been those, those people as well. And, and, and at times where I find myself doing that, you know, I, I did, I did, I was, I was just telling them, well, this is what I need to do. This is what I can do. Like, you know, like, this is what I have to do. And I think a lot of those people are, 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 you know, aren't necessarily like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go to work, you know, but like, are they're like, no, I need to go to work. And so I'm, I just need to be careful about going to work or, you know, to be able to like still do what I need to do. You know? So, I have a question then, Rudy, because I remember knowing you back when you were just like a hood rat, (laughs) hustling a dollar or two, you know, Um, like we all were, you know, everybody matured. I I mean, that hasn't changed too much. (laughs) But like, here's the thing, like, you know, knowing somebody and seeing their, not their growth, I don't want to say growth, I guess growth or progress or whatever. Like, what was it in your life? Was there like a specific moment in your life that you're like, oh shit, like there, there is a, there's this way of making a living or like, you know, or like, whoa, like maybe I don't have to be like bagging groceries at Publix and, you know, I could go this route or, oh shit, there's Zen masters. And, you know, like, what was it that made you pivot and not become like, you know, a Kendall bro? Like we, you know, no offense, Kendall bros, but like, that's, you know, like we all know Kendall bros, bro. Like Kendall bro, like audience. Um, I mean, 
I'll, I'm going to try to answer that by saying that um, you know that I had my son early on. And so having a kid at the age of 14 already put me in a place where I just needed to, to, to hustle, right? And so I obviously, I was in high school with like a full-time job and waiting tables and, and doing other gigs that I could do just so that I could make the money that I needed to make, which is why I dropped out of school, you know, because I was doing a lot of work outside of school and I was missing class, you know? And so I was like getting no credit for class, but like, I was like, I need to make this money. And so, and I was making, I was making money. And so I was able to like take care of myself and my son and give money to my mom or help out with the house. And so that just seemed the most important thing for me. And that, that's why I was just like, well, I'm going to drop out, you know? And so already having a, you know, having my son early on, I just was like, oh, I need to figure out ways to hustle, you know? And when I became, when I started freelancing as a performer um, and even, you know, doing cabaret or burlesque or like performance arts and being weird and doing all kinds of different shit at nightclubs or hitting on the street or whatever, then I just realized that like a job is a job, you know? And so like, if I needed to, I didn't mind going back to the street. I didn't mind going back to like street performance and just making, making that quick money. And I didn't mind going back to like waiting tables, you know, like I, I had a premiere of a show and I was like, I was working at, at Morgan's before I had to go to like the art center. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it was just like, and it was funny cause I would run into artists and they would see me, they're like, you work here? Like, they'd be like, so surprised. They're like, I remember one time I, I got a job at Gigi's and, um, and um, you can know Gigi's and I got a job at Gigi's in Midtown and like, I free, um, I won't say his name, but an artist, a local artist was working at Gigi's and he saw me and he came up to me and he was like, so what happened to you? Like, 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 as if we like got locked, like, like we went to jail or some shit, you know? And I was just like, bitch, I got a son. Like, like, I was like, I got a son. That's what happened to me. I'm a grown ass man. I pay bills. Like I need to get a, I need a job. Do you know what I mean? Like. That's, and so like putting an apron on was the same as wearing a, a unitard or the same as like, you know, putting on stilts, you know what I mean? Like it didn't matter to me. It was just another costume that I had to wear just so that I could make the money that I needed to make. Yeah, but you're a very special case because nine out of 10 dudes have like an ego the size of a fucking 800 pound gorilla. You know, you you looked at it as play and like I knowing you so Knowing you for so long, your character is so playful and like very like, not lighthearted, but you know, you really do sense this kind of freedom. Yeah. So like, you know, if someone came up to you and be like, yo, why are you working here? You'd be like, bitch, so what? Like, you know, you, but trust me, you are a very special case because 90% of most dudes are like, like, you know, they're shameful about it. Yeah. So Eminem did it at the end of 8 Mile. Let's not forget. Okay. Touche. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. What's his name? Uh, Jim Carrey played him in Man on the Moon. Oh. Um, Andy Kaufman. Andy yeah. Kaufman. Andy Kaufman like turns down that contract with ABC and he like he goes to wait tables. <laughs> like his manager has to like go get him. Like, what are you doing? You're Andy Kaufman. You know what I mean? He's like, I'd rather be here than work with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like. Yo, I, that was like 
I, was I just, love just, those stories. I was in San Francisco once and I was at a restaurant and uh, uh, some dude comes up to wait, you know, like, wait my table. I'm like, is that Raskas? Oh, yeah. Stop. But I think, I don't think that was because he was like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I, yeah. I think that was, he didn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. There was always just like- It didn't, but it's all good. <laughs> no, but, I, but I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, there was like, I mean, which is why I'm here, which is why I'm, I am where I am. Yeah, Mr. Ivy. Where I was like, well, what is it? What is it? What's the next thing? I, I, that's one thing that I always, that, that uh, I had a friend tell me a long time ago, like always keep thinking about like the next thing, like the next big thing. Like, okay, you performed at the Video Music Awards. What's next? Okay, like you, you, you met this person. What's next? Okay, you had a show here. What's next? You know, like, so as opposed to just like settling, be like, oh, I had, and so I found myself in Miami. You know, I've lived in Miami my whole life, basically. You know, I, I moved there when I was 11. Um, and I just left, like actually really left for like, last year, like, you know? So I found myself in Miami. I, I've toured with three different dance theater companies. I've toured my work for like 15 plus years. I've been teaching on and off for 15 plus years. And so I was just like, what is like next? You know, like, what, what am I gonna do? And um, am I happy just freelancing and teaching you know, and so um, I got into a conversation with, with a friend and they were like, oh, you should, you should. And, and going back to school was always a thing because I had dropped out, you know? And um, I never been to school for theater. I never been to school for writing. I never been to school for dance or anything like that. And I wasn't gonna go to school for acting or dancing. So I was just like, well, let me apply to this playwriting program, you know? And I got in. Just a little program, yeah. you know? And like I a community college. You know, I, I feel like, you know, at times I'm like, is this, you know, obviously at times I'm like, is this the right thing? Is this what, like, you know, and I try to remember why I applied and why I, why I wanted to be here. But I, but I truly believe that this is like, you know, the thing that is going to catapult me into like that next level of like my life, you know, whether it be like artistry or just like as a, as a human, you know, so are you the are you the oldest guy, oldest person there, or the person with most life experience? And if so, like, how does that affect your interaction with your other? In our in our cohort, so there's only nine playwrights in the program. They only accept three people a year. In our cohort, in our cohort, out of the nine, I'm the oldest. I think there's somebody who's 31 and then 33 or 34, but I'm the oldest. How old are you, Rudy? You're 30. 38. Okay. Now I'll be 39. Uh, May 14th. Taurus. Let's go. Um, but no, but there's older people than me here. Like in the whole program, um, in the whole school of drama, there's older, older folks. Um, but you know, to be honest, I love, I love that I came here at the age that I came here because I see a lot of like, actors and or not even actors i see a lot of people in the in the in the whole school that are like thinking of like what's they're just thinking of different things things that i've already like gone through things that i've already like you know they're ready to like i had i've had a career i've i've been a solo theater artist 
since, you know, for 20 years. Like I, I've toured with dance theater companies. I've done commercial work. I've worked with like celebrities. I've done movies. Like, so it's just like, I've done a lot of stuff. So I, I actually have the time to come here and like focus on like what I really want to focus on. And also I, I think there's a, a less, there's less stress and less anxiety like in my body because of that, you know, like what's going to happen? My career, you know, like this is like the bit, you know, like, and so I, I just think that there's a, um, yeah, there's a little less of that happening in my body because I, 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 um, I've already experienced certain things, but also I, I think I have a, a, a clear idea of what I want and like why I came here, you know, I'm not trying to like figure stuff out. Like, um, too much, even though I am still trying to figure new things out. But Also, I'm sure like the competitive level is less on you than say if you're like some new Jack young kid coming in and trying to prove themselves, like you're kind of like over that phase because you've already done that. So I'm sure that has given you like a upper edge, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, you know. I, 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 I and so what, ha, have you been challenged though? Do you feel like? Yeah, no, I, I've definitely been challenged. Um, it's tricky though, you know, because I do want to be challenged. I do want to learn new things. Um, but there was a moment where I found myself um, wanting to do the, the, the right thing wanting to do like, or the thing that I thought they wanted me to do, like trying to do the Yale thing. And, and, and I had to remember that like, I, I got here because I did my thing, you know what I mean? And so it was just like, so like, yeah, I want to learn, I'm going to get like nerdy on you. And so like, yeah, I want to learn about three act structures and five act structures and like, and like what Aristotle was talking about and what a, what a perfect play is and all of that shit. But let me just remind you that I didn't know none of that shit. And, I, and that's how I got here. So I'll learn that and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll listen to you. But at the same time, I want you to really look at my work and really look at how I'm writing and really look at what I'm presenting. Because if it got me here, then, then I must be doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, sure. So maybe this is not the only way. You know, maybe there's this way and this way. And then there's a lot of like other ways as well, you know? And so I had to like, I had to like remind myself of that, you know, where I was just like trying to like learn all these new things and forgetting about all the, all the things that I didn't know and learn where I was just like the first, I learned how, I learned about theater, like doing street performance, you know, like I learned about, crowd interaction and how to like rock a crowd and from being an MC and from being a street performer and comedic timing and, you know, and, and reversals. Like I learned about all of that, literally being an MC and being, and being a street performer or a cabaret host or whatever, you know, like I was learning how to write because of like listening to the MCs that I was listening to or spoken word artists, you know? It's funny because when we get into conversation, they're like, who's your favorite playwrights? And I'm like, Beryl Monch, Andre 3000. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, organized confusion. You know what I mean? I'm like, these are my playwrights. These are my, who's your favorite writers? I'm like, 
them, these guys, you know what I mean? Right. Not, you know, not, you know, Chekhov, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, it's, not- but, but I think in a way, like, you know, cultures maybe, you know, lower C or big C, whichever you look at it, is catching up, right? Like, I watched the other day that Dave Chappelle, Mark Twain. Yeah. Yeah. Know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, to yeah. me, I'm like, wow, that's, you're definitely, like, you're seeing in the Ivy League, you're seeing, like, you know, uh, classes being taught on hip-hop or whatever, but to yeah. actually have those types of literary awards now being yeah. given to hip-hop artists. And Kendrick, that, Kendrick won the... Kendrick, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. Oh. What's up? Who's that? Hello? Kiwi, my pup. So Rudy, so 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 like, what, you know, I've always wondered about this, right? Like, so academia, you know, obviously it's all about structure, it's all about theory, you know, it's all, it's, it's about systematizing like different, you know, uh, different channels of thought and process and whatnot. So like. It sounds like maybe there's a friction between what you kind of organically knew or learned by just applying your craft in a very organic, like, you know, survival, maybe even in, you know, uh, state, and then having to go to this sort of like different approach where it's, you know, it's just more about the analytical. So do those things rub against each other? And like, is that, is that, does that friction, is that a positive thing or do you think it, it can stifle as well, you know, what may otherwise be innate. Um, I don't think, obviously there's, there's, there's friction sometimes. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just internal friction. (laughs) You know, I was just like, you know, leave it inside or whatever. But like, I think that friction exists whether you're in school or not, you know what I mean? And I and I've and I've been having to always kind of like deal with that kind of stuff as a as a as a theater artist or as a theater artist as a as a person of color who's a theater artist, right? Or as a hip hop head who's a theater artist. So it was just like even when I was like touring my work, they didn't know if it was like, is this contemporary theater, is this dance theater, is this hip hop theater, is this theater, is this is this is this Latinx theater, you know what I mean? Like and cause they're like, oh, he's a Latinx writer. And they, I send them, you know, one of my works and they're like, I send them Pet or Insanity Isn't. And they're like, where's the struggle? Where's the, where's the neighborhood? Where's the, where's the needles? You know what I mean? There's just like, or you know what I mean? Like he's, they're so confused that like, that it's, or like, oh, he's a hip hop theater artist. They're like, they, they go see Pet and they're like, where's, Where's the, you know, they think I'm going to be like spinning on my head and talking about the revolution and graffiti everywhere or some shit, you know? And so, so I've always had to deal with that kind of stuff, like somehow, some way. Um, and, but it's why I think it's important for me to be in, in the spaces that I, that I'm in so that there is like, uh, um, uh, you know, so there's like visibility to like, all those all those worlds where they're like oh this is a latinx hip whatever it is that they want to like but whatever box they want to like put me in and then go oh this work is actually it's not what it's gonna be or whatever you know what i mean but in but you know to play devil's advocate 
like but why do you why do you need that like why Yale like why the validation like if you're already doing what you do and making a living you know it's almost like you know like Rockefeller Records are like well fuck all the majors like we're gonna start our own label you know and they just crush it so like well why Yale um well a lot of reasons it's for the girls I know Rudy it's for all the ladies not at all um I mean like I said I one reason is because I I never I never went to school for theater and you know I like to aim big and so I was like well I'm gonna go to school for theater I'm gonna go like a good school you know like um but I I mean to be honest yeah you can do that and I have done that and I've been doing it for a long fucking time and so in a sense to go along with your metaphor I did start my label and I've been at my label for a long fucking time and now I'm just ready to like take my label to the next level you know what I mean and so now I'm gonna merge with fucking Sony or whatever it is you know what I mean like because Sony is gonna put up the money that like that I need you know to like help me do whatever it is that I, that I, that I want to do. Um, I mean, ultimately I want to teach. And so it's much easier to teach with a, a receipt from Yale than, than it is from like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been in Miami teaching for, for the last, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just much easier to do that. You know, I do, I do, I do plan to like create work after this, but like, I, I am also I am also just really interested in, in teaching. I love I love teaching, you know. And so if I could teach at a school that I love after this, um, I would and and create work at the same time. It's just it's just it'd be my my actual dream, like you know, come true, you know. But that's that's really that's really why it was just it's it's just much easier to to, and also there is there is the the side of of um of there is a history or or information or education that uh that i don't have you know and that or that i'm not well versed in which which i'm like i need to learn it and i want to learn it so i could like talk shit about it because i can't just like not know it and and hate it you know what i mean but like also like put it up and like talk about it in an argument and say well this is why this doesn't work or and also, I think that I'm carrying a lot of like, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, things on my back too, you know, where I'm like, when I step into the space, I'm bringing a lot of things with me, you know, um, hip hop being one of them, b-boy being one of them, you know, brown men being one of them, single, you know, fathers being one of them, young teenage fathers being one of them, like, I mean, <laughs> use myself as, as, as an example, but like, I had a son at the age of 14. I dropped out in the ninth grade. I'm a Hispanic man. I'm a Hispanic immigrant in America. Those are all things that you would ne- you would never, you know, you if if I would have told you that that 14 year old kid was gonna go to Yale or that 14, you know, that this immigrant, you know, like it's just like to me, it's just like I'm 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 being like like fuck y'all <laughs> like 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 i'm gonna do all the shit that you don't think that i'm gonna do you know what i mean because i don't know you know it's just like that is that part of the appeal like sort of you know yeah like you know just kind of fucking shit up and... 
I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know if I was going to get in, obviously, because you're just like, really? Three, they accept three people, you know? And, and because, you know, I, I was lucky enough, my career started because somebody saw my work and they invited somebody and that person saw it and then that person saw it and then I met Esther and then Esther said, hey, you want to do this? And, and it's like all these things just like kept happening. So it was just like this like network of like people who were like word of mouth, like telling people about my work or, my, or who I was. But like having somebody like that has never heard about you or does have no idea who you are, what you do, like read your work and go, oh, this is really fucking good. Yeah. Is all, I mean, it feels, it, it, it does, it does feel like there's a difference, you know what I mean? When a, when a stranger reads it and has no idea if this is a man or a woman or who the person is or who, like any history of this person and goes, this is really fucking good. Put this, put this, put this to the side, you know what I mean? there is like this new found like belief, you know, that you're like, oh shit, maybe I am doing the right shit. <laughs> you know? Maybe I am doing what I'm supposed to be. But, that, but that's not true, bro. Like you already knew that you're mad talented from way back when. I mean, I'll, do I love what I do? Yeah, I love what I do. And do I, do I think I'm good at what I love? Yes, because I've spent so much time doing it. But yeah, there I, is. I I think I think ultimately, if you break down the identity politics and the you know your past life and your story, the work has to be good. It has to stand alone. And so, yeah. I think maybe that's what it was. Like getting into Yale is more of a validation that you know you are just producing good, solid work, regardless if you were a Hispanic male that is 38 or you know 12 year old you know white chick probably yeah. not a 12 year old white chick but you know what i'm saying um i don't think anyone you know I, I don't think anyone has to explain why they decided to go to yale after being admitted to a prestigious program. it's like innate right like it's we all want to achieve the best right we all want to and especially when there's always an economic component to it right which is like well, if I'm going to apply my craft, like, how do I survive? How do I make money on it? One pretty good way of doing it is whatever, the, whatever that craft is, like getting a graduate degree at Yale, that's a pretty good way of doing that. Yeah. Have you had to code switch a lot while you're up, up there or no? Not no? really. No. It's, quite, it's quite funny that people, people have an idea of like what Yale is. And I realized that it, it, it's, it's not. <laughs> I absolutely know it's not. But it's just like that I'm like when people talk about Yale or they talk about New Haven, I'm like, like have you been to Haven? Yeah. Sick fucking shithole. Have you walked down New Haven? Like, have you? Or like, what do you talk? What, have you been to Yale? Have you been to the campus? Or are you just talk about how the movie you saw and the and the TV shows you saw that yeah, certain, yeah. certain way, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, this shit is hard as fuck. Like, like, I was like, yo, like the first week I was here, a dude got stabbed the third day I was here. Then a dude got shot on the, just yesterday, somebody ran into 
a block down, literally a block down from where I'm at, which is like a block away from the Yale Cabaret, somebody with a handgun ran into, uh, I don't know if it's a pizza place or somebody or something, and they just like robbed the place with a mask. What a okay, mirage, bro. What a mirage. With a surgical mask, you know? And so- Wow. But not, that's not to say that like the school is hood, but I'm just saying that like- um, Right. Yeah, no, I, I haven't, I haven't, I think, I think, you know, Ben, you mentioned something earlier, like there, there has been, I mean, so, so Terrell is the chair of the, of the playwright program, you know, last year was the first time that all three students coming into Yale were, were all people of color. Those two black females and, uh, and a, and a Guatemalan, uh, playwright, right? Um, and so... I'm not last the year before me, right? And so this, so now this is like the first time that like, except for one person, the, the whole cohort is all, they're all people of color, you know? Like, so Terrell was like, when I graduated in 2007, he was like, I was the only black male out of nine white males, you know? Like even females was like a thing, you know what I mean? Like female mm. players into the program was a thing you know so it's just like um so i think there is like um it's definitely changed a lot and is like and i think that the school is moving towards um you know being open to or uh, having that diversity like present like in, in the program and um and yeah and there is there's a lot like there, there's there's a lot of um it's way different than what i than what I think what people think. Like, they're like, yo, so you're like, how is it? Like, they think that I'm like surrounded by white, by white, white people in cardigans. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> also, it's like, like an Abercrombie and Fitch ad. I'm like, I'm like, I'm also in like the school of drama. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, it's all theater heads. The theater heads right. are. Like weird, you know, like theater heads are wild and shit, you know. But I actually have a question on that. So, like, you know, um, outside of the theater program, I mean, you right now within a small geographical geographical radius, you're within future thought leaders and influencers of politics, science, culture, whatever. So, like, from an inter interdisciplinary perspective, like, are you? having those interactions where they're informing your work or you're informing theirs or where the relationships are being built in the future? Not, not really. No, not really. Unless, unless I'm at the like, gym. fuck those people. <laughs> unless I'm at the, when I go to the gym at 6am and then, you know, there are all the future CEOs are like on the treadmill <laughs> and on their iPhone. The Zuckerberg's like, yeah, exactly. No, you know, I, I, I keep to myself, um, you know, I keep it to myself and, and, and the program keeps you busy, you know? So. But do you see that as a, I don't know, I'm asking a question and I, you know, like, it kind of strikes me as a missed opportunity, not in the sense that they're necessarily going to be able to provide you with like creative stimulus or, but, but, but as part of the opportunity of, of being sort of within that bubble, I guess you could call it, right? Which has pros and cons, yeah. tapping into that, the gestalt of like, you know, where you're at. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is absolutely, uh, it's, it's absolutely a bubble. And so like, I, I, um, and you do, you do get stuck in, in that bubble because I mean, it's intense. You, 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 you come in and you're just, 
it's like nonstop. It's not like we, you don't have a lot of time to like do a lot of that, like, like mingling, you know what I mean? Um, but I would love it. You know, I'm lo I have a really good friend in the art program and because of her, I'm meeting a lot of the art students and the art students are like, yo, tell us when you got some shit because we want to go to it. Because they're like, we're stuck in our studios like all the time and in their like art building. So they want they want to go to like theater shit, dance shit. They want to like go to that. And like, yo. like but even like, I mean, even though like, there's times where I like don't even see the actors. You know what I mean? Because their 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 program is so like fucking it's rigged. it's so stupid to be completely like blunt about how these like old ways of education higher education is so siloed but speaking of like validation the yale mfa program is literally the mafia like talk about like you need to fucking be best friends with all those artists rudy because they did a study recently about all the like the highest paid like contemporary artists that are represented by these like blue chip galleries. Seventy percent of them went to Yale MFA. Yeah, I'm sure. Isn't that sick? Dude, I see it. Like I go to like some of so their, crazy. you know, some of their events and but they're like school events or like even like I guess like let's just say like a classroom assignment. Right. And so they're like, hey, um, I have some of my paintings. And, and so it's like a little thing or whatever. Maybe like the, the, the art students are there or whatever, like some faculty or whatnot. And I go to these events and you see fucking people who are like shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not, not only shopping for art, but shopping for like, oh, like on the lookout for like, exactly for, for like curators and. Like, Yo, it's so like it's so like it's awesome. so it's so blatant it's so blatant and belligerent like you know everyone's like you know i work in the arts and everyone's like how do i make it in the art world and i'll be like honestly yale. get it to get it to yell and you're set for life buddy i mean that or fucking you know like suck a dick at like you know, Larry Gagosian or something, but like, that's how you really make it in the art world. Sorry to report. Yeah, no, they're, they're super dope. And, um, and yeah, no, even their first year, people are out here already like scouting, but you know. Are people freaking out though, now that like the entire capitalist society is collapsing and like, ed higher education is pretty much obsolete and Y'all are like protesting to get your tuition back. Not you, because you got no. money, but. The artists, uh, you should, yeah, you should talk to some of my artist friends, but I mean, they, they could give, they, they're more detailed than, they can give you more details than I can, but, but yeah, there is this, there, you know, because everything got canceled or whatever, they, they make money while they're here. They're able to like sell their work, like while they're in school, you know what I mean? And so that helps them pay for their tuition and their loans and, and everything, you know? So as they weren't able, they, they kicked, they, they told them that they couldn't go in their studios. They kicked them out their studios. And so even if they could, you know, people were like, all right, we'll be, we'll practice social distancing, but can we just at least be in, in my studio? Can I be in my studio to like keep creating work? 
And they were like, no, you have to leave. A lot of these people don't have like homes where they can do that in. And so that's why they started fighting for like, you should give us our tuition back for this, this semester, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm sure they're all freaking out about like what's going to happen, you know? Um, especially the ones who are graduating, you know, or who are supposed to graduate, you know, like all oh, graduations got canceled and, and, and shows got canceled, you know what I mean? Like showcases got canceled, you know, and it was just like supposed to be like the springboard to like, you know. Yo, it's crazy. I saw this meme someone posted where they're like, 2020 was not on my vision board. Like, like everything you had like planned out like yeah I'm gonna graduate I'm gonna go to this job and like canceled yeah like talk about I mean just now they like another four million people file for unemployment there's 26 million people in America that is literally have zero income coming in at this dealing time. with this every single day you know because I I'm a lawyer, yeah. I represent small businesses, all kinds of businesses, but just seeing, the, like, I almost feel without, you know, I'm a first responder, an economic first responder right now, because so many of my clients are just on the precipice of just economic disaster right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's scary, like, dealing with this all day right now, like, because I've got a you know, snapshot of what's really happening in terms of the economy. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely not good, man. It's definitely not good. I hear that, man. I, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going through some of that stuff my, myself. I, I, am, I am lucky to, to be where I'm at right now. You know, and I thought, like, what if this, if this would have happened two years ago, I don't know, like, I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'd be, I'd be doing, you know, but I, like, the fact that I was, like, away at school, like, you know, and it happening now that I'm, like, oh, like, at least I have a place, at least I have, like, food, at least, you know, I have, like, the things I need, and, um, but, you know, I have a lot of my, all my work for, basically, for the whole summer, for sure, got canceled, you know, and not even postponed, just was, like, cancel you know so like i literally because i still i still work even though i'm here you know um so yeah i you know i lost april may june july august september you know all of that was all work that i just like lost you know and you're just like what the fuck you know but it, but isn't like i don't know i, I kind of feel too that there's something democratizing about this compression and like economic opportunity and like you know we're all fucked right now <laughs> that's pretty democratizing <laughs> but there's a sense of like but with time out ben there's levels of fuckery to this <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, some- there are, there's definitely like I'm not trying to equate my fuckness and <laughs> no you know what's so funny is like I had a friend uh, uh, um, a lawyer friend um, when I moved, first moved to downtown and um, this was like when I first met Esther I was like full MC like this is like early 2000 broke as shit like living hood in rat Rudy my girlfriend <laughs> or whatever but I had a real, like, I had a, a, a good friend who's a lawyer. And, um, 
young dude, you know, we would get together, just chill, whatnot. And when we realized, when me and my ex-girlfriend realized that, like, we were, like, in different places. <laughs> like, we lived in the same building, you know what I mean? But, like, we lived in the same building, we hung out or whatever. But it was, like, uh, his wife was, like, like really, she was, like, nervous because she was, like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm really broke. We're really broke right now, like, um, because some, some, and she was, just like, talking. And so, like, my ex-girl's, like, listening to her, and she's, like, oh, she didn't know I know. And, like, you know, we, we struggle a lot, too, and that's why. <laughs> help each other like whatever and she's like she's like like literally i only have she's like i only have eight thousand dollars in my bank account and i was like eight thousand dollars like i was like like, like, so i was like i that's like one of the first times i realized like broke means a lot of things to a lot of people you know what i mean yo that's the best out that like that her bank account was like eight G, you know what I mean? And I was just like, <laughs> like I'm so gonna, good. I am incredibly out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, I was just like eight. I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, bro. That being said, I'm not wrong. There's, there's a compression, right? Like I think that. Even the douchiest of douchey people that I see on social media, you know, like there is a, there's a big ass humility going on. And I think that the people that you believe are doing, doing the best, you know, like there's, it's going to be in, like, you have no idea how anyone's going to, based on what you believe people, how people are doing, zero correlation to how they're actually going to end up out of this situation. So in that regard, this is a, um, you know, this is this is a uh, uh, cre- it's creative destruction in a sense, right? Yeah. It's funny. You're making me think about like how about celebrities and like you know, like people were freaking out when like the NBA shut down and all this. And I'm like, one thing I've noticed during the pandemic is that everyone's looking for like things to do, and so it's just like oh, I'm going to work out. I'm going to take this online writing class. I'm going to take this online dance class. I'm going to take this online. There's like an online theater exhibit or a gallery opening, you know, and everything's just like fun, art. I need something for my kid to do. I need something. And I was like, so they're like dependent on like teachers and artists um, as opposed to like James LeBron, LeBron James, you know what I mean? It's just like, like, like the celebrities are like the people that like, I guess America idolizes like and like gives so much money to and gives so much attention to and praises like are not doing shit for you right now. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I I mean, and I know that there's like artists, like uh, some artists like uh, donating money or whatever, but I was just like, yo, the people that are like holding the shit down right now are like the bus drivers, the artists, the janitors, <laughs> the teachers, you know what I mean? Like the garbage men, like those are like literally like the, the, like the people hold, like that's who we should be like idolizing all the time. Like they're the only reason why things are happening. You mentioned like people bagging groceries, like those people working at those supermarkets, they're actually keeping some sort of like uh normal life going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, but this, no but the sad ass truth about it is is like there was like a meme floating around about you know that drake meme of where he was just like nah nah and then like 
the one about um, let's pay these frontline, you know, grocery workers and these garbage men like a fucking hundred dollars an hour, guys. And the you know, it's Drake's like, nah, that's not that's a horrible idea. And then they're like, but wait, let's build a commercial that probably costs ten million dollars to celebrate these frontline workers. Like the economics is still fucked up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like y'all, these people at Publix are still getting $8 an hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I'm talking about it. Cause I'm, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Cause I'm like, yo, like LeBron makes millions of dollars per, like per minute. He makes millions of dollars. Do you know what I mean? And so I'm just like, yeah. something is fucked up. It's just like all these like big corporations are like, yo, we need everyone at the, we need, we need to open up our stores again because nobody's buying the milk. Nobody's buying the gas. Nobody's buying the cigarettes. Nobody's buying the meat. Nobody, you know what I mean? So they're freaking out. Cause they're like, yo, we're not, we're not making money. Like, like it, it just shows like, I don't know. It shows how fucked up the economics is really fucked up. And I think like, no, I mean, not to cut you off Ben, but I think that the, you know, the, the roller coaster, the ebb and flow of this is not the virus itself. You know, they said only these mega like crisis is the one that puts the spotlight on the cracks that are already in the system. And so the biggest kind of threat that's happening now are these fucking crazy right wing liberals. I mean, right wing conservatives that are like, you know, you you're taking away our freedom, like, you know, open these whatever. And then and then you have like these frontline folks that are like, you go to fucking Liberty City, bro. Nothing's changed, to be honest with you. Everyone's just like, they got their mask on, but like they're going to work. The yeah. buses are full, like social distancing. What? They got to go to work. If they get sick, okay, well, they get sick. But that's like them every day, you know? So until the garbage guys unionize and say we're not picking up your trash yeah. Yeah. you know and there's literally landfills piling up on your beautiful miami shores home yeah. i don't know i think it's you know yeah no I, I, that's that, crazy the last thing that, that is show, it also like i think it's a reminder of how like how strong how strong the people are you know or how much control like how much control the people have and just like you're saying it right now, like the garbage men get together and say, yo, we're not gonna pick this shit up. Like, you know, like the, I, I hear sometimes I hear people complain about like the price of gas, you know, or whatever. And they're like, why does it cost so much? And I'm like, cause you buy it. <laughs> that's why, that's why, that's why it costs that much. Don't buy it. Don't buy it for a week. And the shit will go down to like 97 cents. Do you know what I mean? Because like now, <laughs> gas is so cheap right now. Like, just don't buy it because then they'll put it down but right now it's ten dollars a gallon because you're pumping it every you know twice a day or whatever you know like if you want it yeah yeah just you want change you gotta like you gotta like you gotta get together you know like joe biden i'm kidding <laughs> oh we're going there now <laughs> fucking uncle joe <laughs> uncle jay uh, should we lighten the mood? I got some uh, uh, lightning round questions. Yeah, hit me. Do it. Ben, you could, an you could answer these too. What the? Oh, okay. Thanks. 
Do you have a podcast name? Do no, I? No, no, bro. We? This is... <laughs> no, we don't. This is like not even happening. We're just like talking shit. No, I want you to have a podcast. I want. You, I think you need a podcast name. I think you need a jingle. <laughs> Yo, would you start? Would you create our jingle for us? Absolutely. If only I knew a creative at an Ivy League institution, we could come up with something good. There's a sound design. There's a sound design studio right down the street. But apparently, you never interact in an institutional <laughs> level. So how would you? You know, I interact with the with the theater students, but like, not the 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 med students. Whatever, dude. You gotta you gotta fraternize with the tech guys so they can fund your place. Billionaires. Lightning round, lightning round, let's do it. All right, you guys ready? Okay. <clears throat> How long would you last in a zombie apocalypse, Ben? Uh, I, would, I would just sacrifice myself immediately because it would be inevitable that they'd get me, so why even suffer? Wow. That, that, was, that was a zen answer. Uh, Rudy? Uh, as, long as, I, as, as, as long as it takes, I guess. I, I don't... Okay, I'd be, next. I'd be fine with a zombie apocalypse. Okay, you, you would be a zombie. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I wouldn't be a zombie. I wouldn't okay. be a zombie. Okay. Um, what, Simpson, what Simpsons character are you, Ben? Uh, Rudy, you got to go first. I got to think. Uh, um, Don't say Abu. Don't say Abu. No, I'm not going to say Abu. I, I probably... Bart. If it's lightning round, no. Millhouse. Oh, fuck. Marge. <laughs> you say Marge? <laughs> Damn, that's deep. Okay. Um, what did you think was cool when you were young but isn't cool now? <laughs> Ooh. Guys, it's a lightning round. Come I know on. That I thought were cool are still pretty cool to me. <laughs> beepers. Beepers. <laughs> Yo, beepers are not cool. Beige, beige trench coats. What? Ooh. The fuck is that? Oh, I know. Um, car cargo shorts. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Okay. Khaki cargo shorts. Khaki cargo shorts. Okay. Um, what, if anything, have you regifted? What? Say that again. What, if anything, have you regifted? Ben? All the whiskey. I hate whiskey. Okay. Note to self. Um, I don't know. Ideas. You kept all your gifts. Oh, that's so sweet, Rudy. Okay. If you had to be a tour manager for one band, dead or alive, what band would that be? Uh, any band? Mote. Shut up, Ben. Stop lying. Yeah. Motorhead. Oh, why not? Die. You would die as their tour manager. Rudy? Um, the Dat Kings. 
Damn, that was random. Wait, can I change my answer? I feel insecure about the answer. <laughs> I was gonna say like ACDC, but I was like, wait, no, that's too wild. That was just like yeah. the Dat Kings. When they were with you, Sharon. Oh, yes. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> my t-shirt now. Ben, you could change your answer. Dead or alive. I, yeah, I think I have a... I think I have a Freestyle Fellowship t-shirt in my, uh, yeah. Okay, a Category 5 hurricane is coming, and you, you need to grab five items to take with you right now. What would those five items be? And they can't be pets or family. No, Mario, I feel like you're reading off something. I did. I am reading off something, dummy. I took notes. <laughs> pandemic questions to ask your friends <laughs> if you were starting a podcast during the pandemic I'm buzzing. <laughs> um okay five items but they can't be family members or pets because we all know them that's obvious for, for what for what a category for what? five hurricane is coming and you need to grab five items and flee what would those five items be My passport, my credit card, my laptop. Very practical. Uh, yeah. Um, some cash. Oh my God, you're so boring. <laughs> you're like, and yogurt. <laughs> I'm a Taurus. I'm mad logical. Like, what do you want me to do? What Bread. Uh, oh, photos. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ben. Get a little bit more creative than your passport and wallet. Copy version of George Leonard's The Silent Pulse. Uh, I would I say uh, the new Fiona Apple album. You bought it? No. <laughs> uh, let's see, my, my AirPods, which I like a lot. I would okay. say... Uh, um, I would say I, um, oh, the, uh, I have the uh, outfit that I, I was circumcised in, my Brit Mila outfit. Sentimental. Hey. Uh, and uh, that's it, right? Five, yeah. Five, okay. <clears throat> Which era of Kanye West do you relate to the most? Fuck off. <laughs> that question I actually wrote myself. There's so many errors of Kanye. Oh, so many, <laughs> so many. Just in the last week. <laughs> I was like, damn, there's like the college dropout Kanye. There's the 808 Kanye. I think college dropout. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say college dropout. Yeah. Same here. That Same here, okay. That no, one, no one likes the Jesus cop, the Jesus Kanye? You do. I love. Jesus is King, one of my favorite albums. Okay, are aliens real? Yes. Define aliens. Looking like extraterrestrial beings from other planets, aliens. Are they, are they real or do they like, are they real and are still alive? <laughs> yes. Are aliens real and, and present? Ah, that's the question. I believe the possibility of them is, is, is real. 
but I, I don't think the possibility that you've actually encountered them is real. Interesting. I too think that they're real. <laughs> Sometimes I hope like we, we, we had contact and, and other times I'm like, fuck, what if we're the only motherfuckers left? Like, then we're fucked. Uh, we're what fucked. Is, what is this nostalgic world where there was a bunch of us and now you miss all of them? Yeah, like, just like. It's... I like the, um, the theory that the grays, like the, the alien grays that you see, like on the X-Files, you know, with the long fingers and the big head, is actually humans in the future that discovered time travel yeah. and they have come back to just like check us out hence why they cannot make contact you borrowing on gray anatomy for your uh scientific uh you know your scientific rationale makes me you know makes me wonder i never I saw love aliens was gray's anatomy good Grey's Anatomy is not about aliens, dude. The Greys. You've never heard of the Greys? That's like a that's like a type of alien. I have no idea. I thought it was Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> no, the Greys. That's like a like a species of alien. Wait, wait. I thought I heard you say Grey's Anatomy too. I thought so too. No, the anatomy of the Greys, as in the anatomy of the alien species known as the Greys. But earlier you said the Greys anatomy. Exactly. The anatomy of the Greys alien body. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But when you just say the Greys. You know what, guys? <laughs> Moving on. All right. Um, what name me one album that changed your life? One. <laughs> Jesus Fine. Christ. Fine. Two. Oh shit. Uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Ooh, that's a good one. And. Then you go, and I'll give my second. <laughs> I mean, it didn't. I mean, the, I would say the last album that really affected me on a deeper level was David Bowie, Black Star. That album really affected me. That was a fucking great album. Also, because he died the weekend it was released. Yeah. Like, it was like, what? Yeah. That, that was an epic album, agreed. Um, um, okay, computer. Oh. I, I was, yeah, yeah, I was thinking Kid A or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Like, okay, I'm gonna say NWA Strata Compton. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. No, I, 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 I was gonna say NWA too, but I was like, yeah. Cliche. Too cliche. That that genuinely changed my life. Yeah. Even like Doggy Style, like Snoop's first album. Yeah. Was like, ben, is that when you thought you were black? <laughs> when you're like, wait a minute, am I black? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even getting into any of that. Ben, 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 ben loves the chocolate. Okay, moving on. Um, when was the last time you cried? Um, <clears throat> here at Yale. Um, Yesterday, my, you're like, just now. 
that's why I wasn't, it wasn't water, it was tears. Um, no, I read, so we do, okay, this is lightning round, so I won't, do you, do you want me to tell you the story or just? Yeah, tell the story, tell the story. Okay, so we do this, the playwrights do this, like, orientation for themselves the week before, um, like, the whole school does orientation, and it's called the Hansberry Welcome, and what we do is the nine, the nine playwrights, the nine playwrights get together uh, over the span of a week or three days and they read each other's plays. And then we do like a Liz Lerman, uh, like feedback sesh, like after we read the play. Um, and so every day is like uh, dedicated to like a, a year. So like Monday's the third years, second, sec this Tuesday's the second years and Wednesday's the first year students, right? Um, and so it's just the playwrights and then uh, the, the, you know, Terrell and, 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 and Ann Irby, um, who's on faculty. And so it's just us. So you have to like cast your play. And so the playwrights read each other's roles or whatever, you know? I mean, read the roles of, of whoever the characters. And I only, I read a two character play and I had, I casted Terrell to read one of the parts. Like I was like, oh, would you, I was like, would you read, would you read the Damn. big girl? I was like, would you read The Big Brother? And, and he's like, yeah. And then I read the, and then I read, because I didn't want to hear it. Most playwrights, they cast people so that they can hear it. But I was like, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> I wrote this shit. <laughs> I was like, y'all hear it. And then you tell me what you think about it. So I read The Younger Brother and Terrell read The Older Brother. And then it got to a part um, where they're like arguing and Terrell was like crying. And then like, and we were like reading it. And so it got like emotional. And then like, I cried cause he was crying. <laughs> but it was just like, it was just like tears were coming out. And I was just like, I was like, oh. Like, wow. I have an answer to your question. The last time I cried was like right now hearing that story. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that was the last time. Wow. Holy shit, that's moving. Yeah. Fucking Oscar winner. Read your shit and he cried. Damn. He was acting, he was acting. He's a, he, he a pretty good actor. All right, last question. What happens when you die? The ultimate question. By the way, can I just share something? So our, our boy, Max Pierre, who we love to death. I know Max Pierre very well. So he did this, he did this uh, share chair or chair share thing? Yeah, right? share chair. So uh, it was like a bunch of people. There was, it was like some, I forget the guy's name. I'm not going to mention it because I want to diss him. But he was like some. Was I there, Ben? No, no. Maybe. Okay. And it was like a, you know, like some record exec kind of guy, whatever, some mover shaker in you know, the biz. Oh my God, Damon. I was there. Exactly. The and then people were asking questions like, you know, you know it's about sharing whatever else. And uh, everyone was asking like, pretty like, you know, industry specific questions. So I'm like, this is boring. So I raised my hand, I'm like, um, I go, uh, are you afraid of dying? And maybe I said it in a really kind of intimidating or, weird psycho way but the guy like everyone looked at me like i had eight heads and the guy said no next question 
Whack. Anyway. Whack. Exactly. So I appreciate the question. So the question is what happens when you die? Yeah, what, what do you think happens when you die? I, I, I have, maybe because life is the only thing I know <laughs> that I have. Good answer. <laughs> life is the only thing I know. I have a hard time believing that this is it, you know, that this is it and then there's nothing, you know, like I, I, I haven't experienced nothing. So it's hard for me, just like I guess many other people, it's hard to believe that like you die and then nothing else happens. Um, so I do, I do think you go to some sort of realm, um, some other place. I think that like, it's just like you, you, yeah, you end up in some other spot and maybe you're conscious of it. Maybe you're not. Um, but I also sometimes do believe you just like transform into other shit, you know, like right. you just into like the air and the earth and turn into other shit, you know? Did you hear Keanu Reeves answered this question? Did you hear <laughs> Yeah, it? he's the best. His answer was something like, uh, uh, the, people that, the people you love will really miss you. Right. He was like, I don't know what happens when I die, but I know that the people who love me will really miss me or something like that. Yeah. He's such a Buddhist. He's, you know, what's funny, going back to my ugh, amazing coronavirus experience, part of the surrendering is, you know, this idea of ego death that Eckhart Tolle talks about a lot is that um, if you essentially, people are scared to die mainly because they're so trapped in their own identity. Like you think about like, Oh my God, like my family, I have a child, I, I am Esther, you know, like all my job, like you just like, what? That's going to evaporate. But you could experience that ego death while in this life so that when you are approaching death, it's like a very peaceful transition, which I think that, I think that's one thing that is going to going to be interesting with this whole coronavirus thing. Like, all you see are numbers on a screen, but like, what does that mean when you see 180,000 people dead? Yeah. You know, like, that's a lot of stories. That's a lot of like photographs and albums. That's a lot of. There, there was know. a scientific study done, probably at Yale, uh, <laughs> where, where they were trying to gauge people's capacity to empathize with death, right? And, and they, and they said that, you know, because we are, from an evolutionary psychology perspective, we're only able to process things that fit our template evolutionary, like, development model, right? Which is we small groups of 100, you know, 100 people in our community, right? That's how we, we finished evolving in the savannah when we were 100 people in a group. Yeah. So they've done That's studies. the Dunbar theory. The 100 people. Yeah, Dunbar. What's the Dunbar theory? That you genuinely can only have a hundred real close friends. Yes. I didn't know about that, but that's consistent with, with that. And so yeah. people's empathy is no greater at the notion of 10 people dying than it is at a million. Mm. Or at least it's a diminishing because mm. we 
we're not evolved to understand anything more than us, you know, that type of. And talk about what a blessing though. Imagine if you were able to hold the weight of so many deaths, like your brain would explode. Is it not an opportunity though, in addition to a weight? Well, that is, that is like if you were like the fucking Dalai Lama, then maybe, but like we don't have that. The average Joe can't even like be sympathetic for the Whole Foods guy that, you know, like bagged your groceries, let alone like a hundred thousand people dying. Like it's crazy. What if, what if the trade-off for feeling the pain of a hundred thousand is to feel the love of a hundred thousand? Oh no. Also, we live in this like we live in, in the in the in the time where like you not only do you hear like a hundred thousand people died this morning, but then by one p.m. you hear fifty thousand people died down the street, and then at three p.m. you hear that. 20,000 people that in, you know what I mean? Like, so not only do we not have the capacity to understand that, but also something happens all the time. And so you, you just become so numb. Yeah. Who is yeah. it? Uh, Dave Chappelle's like talking about that, like in one of his last standups where he's like, I remember seeing like the space shuttle, like blow up, like in my classroom. And it was like a huge ass thing. And the teacher was like, go home for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, the shit is canceled. He's like, but for you, the space shuttle blows up every five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, because as you scroll in the, in the span of an hour, you see, you see so much shit, you know? And then so, so yeah, so people do become more already that we don't have the, the capacity to understand that. We're now just all the time, you know, all the time, all the time you see, getting shot people dying of this people dying of that people dying, you know so pretty pretty crazy and with that we're done thank you guys so much for tuning in <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoyed this we should end on a good note um yes ego death is real crush your ego so you can live hey and I can only feel the death of 10 people at a time. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, what? Corona. The what, Rudy? Corona. Oh, I beat Corona. Yeah. The Rona. The Rona. The Rona. Wait, so wait, Rudy, what do you, what, so you're going to be up there till when? Yeah. Are you, like, are you coming down to Miami at all? I'm coming to visit, yeah. My mom's still down there, you know. How's she doing? She's all right. She's like as good as she can be. Um, you know, uh, you know, I put my mom in a home, right? Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah, the living facility. Yeah, she's been there now for um, almost going on two years. So, oh. um, you know, she's good as as good as she can be. You know, mm -hmm. um, good days as bad days, but. Um, for the most part, she has what she needs, you know? So I go down there from time to time. How's Robert? <laughs> Huge. Yo, he's in love, yo. He's in love. Oh, fuck, bro. <laughs> he's in love, love. Like, he's like in, like, and not he's in love, but he's like, they're in love, you know? Like, 
Yeah, Please don't go. get pregnant. No, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's like his first real like relationship, like first like time. Being, like I love you to somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how old is he now? Fucking twenty four, man. He's twenty four, and she's but, great. Good people. She's smart. Yeah. People, like, just good vibes, and they like each other. Like. They like like each other, not only love each other, but they like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I think I was like more happy than you was. <laughs> but he's um like, his he, his name is Anthony, not Robert. So yeah, Esther calls him Robert. <laughs> like, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> when he, when Rudy, when I used to call Rudy to do these dumb breakdance fucking shows at Mocha, and he'd bring his son, and he'd like be like, "What? How old is like seven, eight? I don't know, like young." And he's dancing. I'm like, "Yo, Robert!" And I'm like, "He doesn't answer me." And that's like fucked up. I'm like, hey, Robert. Like, don't. Wait, I got a question though, real quick before we end. That night that the three of us went out. <clears throat> Which, which was, I remember just being an incredibly fun night, but I have absolutely no idea where we went. Exactly. And that's why it was so fun. We were in a car at some point. Yo, I was driving. Yeah. Like I always do. I drive everywhere. All I, all I remember was... That was a fun night. I, I just remember we were just cracking up. Were we high? Yeah. Oh, oh. We were so high, it was crazy. I think that's why we were in the car. It was just like, let's go smoke in the car. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> um, we should do this again though. Yeah, I'm down. Let me know. You want to bring a guest? You want to re- you want to talk to one of my artist friends? Yeah, that'd be dope. You let me know. Whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want. I don't. Are we gonna do this again? <laughs> Yo, we've been talking about this forever. That's right. I've had a lot of fun. This is so cool. I don't give a fuck if anyone enjoys this or not. I've had. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the opening tagline. Like, the jingle. Like, it's like, the jingle, jingle, jingle. I don't give a fuck if anyone... We have a title. We have a title. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so good. So good. Um, All right, dudes. Well, that was was cool. I recorded this. So, uh, I kept the video. I was telling, I was telling Rudy that I'm going to use it as blackmail. When he becomes a celebrity, I'd be like, yo, back in 2020 during Corona, <laughs> we did this like fake podcast with Rudy. And I would like sell it to TMZ. How crazy is it? If you would have told me that when I met you, we would have been going through a pandemic, a world pandemic. <laughs> While you were at Yale. <laughs> <laughs> How nuts. Yo, fucking crazy, bro. Life is so insane. I love it. I think life is so fun. <laughs> so much fun. 
Uh, all right, bros. Seven o'clock. We're clocking at one forty-five. We didn't even get to talk about Fiona Apple. Yeah. What? Listen to the album. You told me to listen to it. I listened to you it did. Album. You listened to it. You give me your thoughts though, quickly. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I, I, it's a lot. It's a lot for me. But did you like it? I like some things. Yeah. Ew. Okay, said, now we gotta end. Here's my quote. I'm gonna end with this. That album, that album is if Tom Waits and Carol King were in a really ugly custody battle. And Carol Magic said Carol King. Dude, I agree. Carol King, that is such a whack, whack comparison. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. All right, bros. This was fun. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Please stay safe, whatever you are. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> good to see you, brother. Y'all be good, okay? Oh, bye, Fe bye Kiwi. Bye. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>